Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eyes over everything happening in the world of pro wrestling in a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Coming up today, for the first time in 30 years, WWE has committed to running a stadium show in the UK. It's the news that has set British wrestling Twitter ablaze, Cardiff at the start of September, the Millennium Stadium is going to be the place to be, and we get into all of what that means on the pod, the card we want to see, the surprises we'd love to happen, and how on earth we're going to get tickets. We're also talking about a big title match in AEW this week, even if the build hasn't always made it feel that way, why The Miz is still criminally underrated in some quarters, and why Charlie should probably not be let back into a swimming pool anytime soon. All of that and so much more coming up right now on Earning the Push. Finally, the WWE has come back to the... UK. Is he going to be there? Who knows? Oh, I'm excited. Brilliant. About bloody time. About, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, thank you, WWE. I'm like, about time. Come on, lads. About time. Can't wait. It was like Christmas morning for wrestling fans in the UK when that announcement came out because it had been rumoured, speculated about, tiptoed around for such a long time that when you actually see it's happening, it's this huge release of, right, let's get tickets, let's register, where are we going to be? Every wrestling fan I know in the UK was on it on the morning it was announced. Yeah, well, I think I read 59,000 of pre-registered for interesting tickets, which is the most WWE have ever had for a show, more than any mania. So... It's just, I don't understand why it's been 30 years and I will be surprised if it goes as well as we imagine it will from a financial point of view. I'd be surprised they aren't back all the time because there's just money to be made. I was, um, the little scoundrels, Alex McCarthy and Kenny McIntosh were teasing us on Twitter about um, a live talk wrestling ITR crossover show on the weekend. And Kenny was saying he hopes they make it like a mania weekend mm. where shows on mania week, shows in Cardiff throughout the week and make it a real big buzz about wrestling in, in the UK for the week. And if it goes well, why would they not do it every year? Like, why would this not become an annual event? I don't see why it wouldn't, because they can make another huge pay, sorry, premium live event. Um, but they can make a boatload of money and keep a load of fans happy because you, you, you better believe there's going to be fans coming from all over Europe for this. This isn't just going to be UK fans, all the European fans. This is the mm. closest show they'll have right at currently. Uh, I'm sure they'll make plans to go into Europe eventually, but it's going to be Cardiff is going to be the most incredible place like just mix of wrestling fans on that weekend I can't wait to be a part of it it's going to be like wrestling Glastonbury is what it's going to be because you're not only going to have WWE there any UK based promotion with any sense and money behind them is going to be making their way there for the Friday night the Saturday morning it doesn't get better than this and let's talk a little bit about where WWE is doing this they've not booked the O2 They've not booked the MEN. They've not gone up to the Hydro. They're doing it in a huge, huge stadium that can take about 85, 86,000. And you better believe that they're going to fill that without too much problem. Yes, yeah, so I was reading. So first of all, the Principality, better known as the Millennium Stadium, as it was, is obviously a sponsorship now as Principality, but the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, it's the perfect place because the roof. You can put the roof on it. So if it's raining, it doesn't matter. But also the atmosphere. Anyone who's going to watch the game of rugby in there, when the roof is on and they have the flames come, they know how to put on a show in Cardiff and then put WWE with it. It's going to be incredible. So the roof, it's going to be like, 
it's almost like a Superdome sort of atmosphere. Of there's going to be eighty thousand there. So I was reading, it seats I think seventy five thousand in the stands. The attendance record is seventy eight thousand for the Anthony Joshua fight because obviously they can put uh, seats on the floor for that because mm. you don't need the pitch. And they didn't fill the floor. They could have had more. Someone was saying, I think it was Alex McCarthy again, was saying if they get close to that, it'd be impressive. I think with 59,000 registering pre-interest in the first 24 hours, they could go 80,000 plus if they wanted it. This could be a monstrous show. I, I think it will be. I think it'll be the hottest ticket in town because wrestling fans here have been starved for something like this. Now, we've spoken before about... If it happens, what do we need it to be? We we were saying it needs to be a proper event, canon, something with a bit of history to it. Now they've announced it and we've got this excitement. Do you care if they call it Clash in Cardiff? Do you care if they call it the Great Whale Showdown? Don't call it that. That's a terrible name. But you know what I mean? The only thing that would tarnish my excitement a little bit is if it was just a glorified house show and it, it was not canon. But I don't care if it's a new name of a... I'm going to call it a pay-per-view. I don't care if they call it the British Bash or something stupid and ridiculous like that. As long as it has stakes and what happens matters when we get back to Raw on Monday, that's all I care about, really. I just don't want a glorified house show because that will seem like we've been fobbed off a little bit. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think you wait 30 years and book that stadium for something that you can even have the accusation levelled at you that it's a glorified house show because... Consumers are smart. Consumers are smart. They're not going to go back and do it again. This is this has been thirty years in the making. You've got so much goodwill. I think I think this is going to be like one of those B pay per views. I think that's what it's going to be. A little bit crown jewel, a little bit Saudi, but my god, it's going to be just the best, the best experience. And wrestling fans everywhere are going. Let's try and get tickets on it. Everyone wants to be part of it, and they haven't even announced a match. Yeah, and what what I'm really looking forward to is just being there, being a part of the UK wrestling community. Like wherever you go in Cardiff that weekend, it's going to be a buzz of wrestling. Like normally, you walk into a bar and you hear someone dissecting Austin versus The Rock from WrestleMania 17. You're like, oh, that's, that's a strange thing to hear. Now you'll walk in and you'll be hearing people dissecting uh, Taker versus Angle from No Way Out 2006. There's going to be those sorts of fans there, people who know proper fans who know it all and they're going to all be around and chatting and you'll see wrestling t-shirts and oh it's just going to be such a great place to be and we've we've all had it that moment where you go to an event in london cardiff newcastle manchester a house show a raw taping uh, an nxt takeover nxt uk takeover and you get on the train and you start spotting the wrestling shirts and you're working out who else is a fan because we've said before as wrestling fans, we're often embarrassed by our fandom. No one's going to be embarrassed in Cardiff on September the 3rd. Who do you want to see elevated by WWE in the build to this? Because the thing's been announced. What are you looking to see from them in terms of matches talent? I think we need to elevate our homegrown guys, guys and girls, don't we? I think that seems a no-brainer. Put Put some UK talent into some big matches on the show. So uh, the obvious one is Drew. You could easily put Drew back in the title picture for the main event. Um, you had the idea to have him win money in the bank before it and cash it in on the night. That would be monstrous. But even if they don't do that, have him in the main event, Drew versus Roman in the main event. That's a no-brainer for me. I need to see Butch. Butch. I need to see Pete Dunne elevated. I'd love to see... Uh, the names are going to hurt me here. 
Butch versus Gunter for the IC title or something. Give them 20 minutes in front of a UK crowd. Because even even though he's not from the UK, Walter made his name in WWE and NXT UK. He's really embedded in European wrestling. Um, I would have loved to see Cesaro. Would have been great. I think he would have gone down a storm over here. Uh, Mustache Mountain, where are they? Let's get them in the tag title scene. Any UK talent, really, are going to get a huge pop, aren't they? They're going to go over hard. It's a shame they won't be able to roll Regal out. Yeah, that's, for, uh, that, that's what I was... That would have been something. That's what I was thinking. When this was announced, you were thinking that the... Just for William Regal, for a moment, just to be able to come out and have that moment in... Do you know what? Wrestling is so bonkers at the moment, though. So bonkers. I wouldn't rule out 100% the possibility of something like that happening. You know, AEW and WWE, they had Chris Jericho appear on Stone Cold's podcast. It's not unheard of. And so I wouldn't rule out AEW giving Regal that moment, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't rule out anything anymore, but that <laughs> one would be that one would be bonkers. But then we said that about a lot of things that have happened in the last few years. Emma says, hotels booked, praying for luck in the ticket scrum down that is going to happen. It's so exciting. Sani says, I've now signed up for all WWE and their partners spam. Abby on social media saying fully booking the idea of having Drew cash in. Only Connect Wrestling uh, say you could do Finn from Ireland versus Pete Dunne, won't call him Butch, for the US title in Wales. Make it a ladder match. That could be quite something. Walter versus Reigns in the main event with a Drew cash in would be amazing. Mustache Mountain uh, versus the NXT tag champs could work as well. I mean... WWE has got five months to to build what is already going to be an amazing night into something truly spectacular. Yeah, I, I still don't believe that Only Connect Wrestling isn't you, by the way. It 100% I don't, is I not. don't believe that. But also, <laughs> I'm already getting anxious about the moment we have to try and get tickets. Yes. The, the constant refresh of the page and the genuine sweat and anxiety at having to get tickets. Because Christ, imagine if we can't go. It will, well, well, someone's not going to be able to go. There will be... There won't will be, be me. I'll be fighting my way in. <laughs> You're going to be like Wardlow trying to get into an AEW event. You're going to be throwing security. Here's a question. How expensive do you think they're going to make it? Well, they got fish in a barrel. They got a captive audience. There's been 30 years of anticipation. And WWE is not known for being... Um, Caring. Well, I was going to say sympathetic with their ticket prices. 60 quid a pop, at least. Uh, I think we might be remortgaging our houses. Yeah, I think. But it's, do you know what I was thinking? We were talking not only a couple of months back about going into WrestleMania, and you said, and I agreed, given the opportunity to see a WWE event or an AEW event, you would go for AEW, I would go for AEW. WWE has really hit its stride into Mania, coming out of Mania, because they're all we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, they have. And I think I think they kind of stumbled across what they do. And we said this after Mania. I think if you'll get a good match in WWE, but I think if you want hardcore wrestling, if you want to see five-star melts of classics, you're going to get more of them in AEW. If you want to see a show with production value and maybe a bit longer-term storytelling and maybe a few names that are more common known than just wrestling fans, you know where to go. WWE don't miss on that. They don't miss. I mean, you proved that. So who would you like to see celebrity Welsh involvement 
at this Cardiff show? <laughs> is Tom Jones singing the national anthem? Is Charlotte Church in a mixed tag? Is Ruth Jones refereeing? Oh, I want to see um, Rob Bryden as Bryn from Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> I'd like to see him cut a promo. I think, do you know what I would love it? If WWE, you know, like the Olympic opening ceremony in 2012, where we just said, this is what we're about. If you don't get it outside world, that's fine. But this is who we are. I want that to be exactly what WWE does with this event in Cardiff. Just say, we're going to fill it with niche British references. I want Ali Jones coming out of the crowd to do something. Yes, I'd like Gavin Henson to come out and uh, out of nowhere. I haven't been seen for 10 years. Well, the speculation has always been that Tyson Fury and Drew McIntyre would like to mix it up in a WWE ring. Is that something you'd be happy to see for Drew? If that was, as we've just said, celebrity appeal is what WWE does best. Tyson Fury, one of the world's best and most notorious boxers for whatever you may think of his personal life, he is a character that draws. Could you make do with a Drew Tyson Fury match if it helps sell that out? Not not in the UK show. Drew deserves better than that. Drew seems to have done so much as a champion for this show. He deserves a good match. He deserves something. Not not carrying Tyson to a match, maybe. No, I, I wouldn't be happy with that. Well, look, we will, of course, be talking about this a lot more as we go through the year towards September. Good luck getting your tickets wherever you try and get them. You best believe that we'll be doing it as well, and we hope to be successful and see some folks there. But there's a long way to go to this unnamed Cardiff show uh, on Saturday, September 3rd. WWE coming out of WrestleMania. Charlie, I was expecting The Rock. I was so... Yeah, what was that? (laughs) What was that? I was just giddy on a post-WrestleMania high. I thought, I'm getting the rock, we're getting this year-long build. Instead, it looks like Shinsuke Nakamura is the challenger they're lining up next for Roman Reigns, and God do I hate this name, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Yes, don't like that. I want them to be split still. I want them to acknowledge that he has two titles and you can win one off him. Because we are handcuffing ourselves to one champion across two shows, which we know doesn't work. When you do that, one show becomes the B show. Mm. It happens. And this whole story has been built on SmackDown. They're not going to let Raw become the B show. So I don't know how... I I, I don't like it. We've been through this before. I don't like the uh, combined championship. And we've got to work out somehow to get one of them off him. Because you hear Cody. Cody's gone from saying he needs to be WWE champion to he needs to be the undisputed WWE Universal champion. Like... They're, they're, they're doubling down on this. This is where they're going, and I don't like it. It's just a rubbish name. Before we get on to Nakamura as a challenger, call it the WWE Championship. I have always hated Universal Championship. It is a naff name, and Roman has made it prestigious, but it is still a naff name. It's like calling yourself the global champ, the best in the entire galaxy champ. It's the WWE Championship. I don't like the name. As challengers go... Shinsuke's not going to take the belt off him. Frankly, we can't see who is, but what do you think of it as a styles-clashing sort of match? I think it could be a good match. I I, I still I, I foster fond memories of when Shinsuke Nakamura was relevant and was a challenger. Um, he was great. He is great. He's just been handled terribly. But yeah, I think they'll have good matches. I just like to see Shinsuke knee his head off for a bit and then Roman win. That's how it works, isn't it? Shinsuke knees your head off and he doesn't quite win. That, that's been his story in WWE. I do think that that this comes back to WWE and their mid-card being an absolute mess. And something else I think illustrates this. Um, Charlie, remind me, what did Kevin Owens do at WrestleMania this year? 
Hang on. Did he? Did he have? Did he main event with Stone Cold in his first match in nineteen years? It sort of feels like that's what he did. And so, what... if, if if he was doing that, you'd do something big with him after, wouldn't you? Well, would you or would you decide to put him with? a doppelganger of a mid-carder who hasn't been seen for ages, who shaved his beard and have him in a who's who's this person identity theft feud. What what has Kevin Owens done to deserve this? He's gone and he said, Vince, I've main evented with Stone Cold. I've, and I had to be the dance partner for Stone Cold. And I carried that feud and I gave you an all-time WrestleMania moment. What have you got next to me? And the chairman of the board looks and goes, well, Kevin... Ezekiel. I mean, what's going on? It's almost like he's gone. All right, Kev, that's enough for you now. You've had you've had your moment. You can't complain for the next year or so because you come and complain and go. Ah, we gave you Stone Cold. We gave you him. It just. I, am I miss? Am I missing a trick here? I, I don't understand. You've got this guy who could be doing anything, anything off the back of that, and they're pairing him up with with this new talent to get him over, who's not really new and. Eli- it's weird, isn't it? Why have we shaved his beard and pretending he's someone else? Well, Elias, I quite liked. I mean, it was a little tired, maybe, but he had an interesting look. He looked like a badass with the beard and the vest. I thought he was an interesting-looking guy. He had charisma. He had talent. And someone said on Twitter, you look at Ezekiel, and it's this sort of creator-wrestler, you know, on SmackDown versus Raw, where they give you the bare body with just the trunks, yeah. and they say, do something with him. Well, I, I read that they made him shave because Vince said if he didn't and he was just in his trunks, he looked too much like uh, Randy Savage. I mean, I think the problem is he'd look too much like Elias. That's yes. the problem. Yeah, you yeah, know. but maybe but, hey, at one point past Vince would be like, yeah, we're going to bring you back. You can change his look, look him and go, but he can't do that. You're going to be look like Macho Man. Well, in that case, we best completely change your name. It, it's just bizarre because WWE has gone through the... Right, Cody can be who Cody is. Butch has can't be Pete Dunne, and hell, yeah. Elias can't even change his name. He's got to pretend he's an entirely different person. And there's only one Ezekiel, and it's Ezekiel Jackson from the Core. That's the Ezekiel, right? Yeah, it's just very confusing. It's very confusing. I don't get it. I don't get a lot right now. Why? Is, what? What are we doing with talking about Roman Reigns again? Why are we going to unify the tag championships now? What? Where are we going, WWE? Like, I like the idea of Rome being like, we got to get all the gold. I like that as a story. But now, whether they win or lose, we're going to unify the tag championships. What are we going back to? Are we just going to unify all the championships? I don't know what we're doing. There's, there's not enough. I, I think here's the problem. They've never bought in fully since about, when would you say, 2008, 2009? on the brand split. Ever since they started in the Raw Super Shows, the brand split got very fuzzy. And now we're at that point where it's getting fuzzy again, and it will get fuzzy and you'll unify the titles until they decide they want to do a draft again or brand loyalty at Survivor Series, and they'll split them all up again. But why would you? If you're going to unite them, you might as well not have a brand split. You might as well just have a roster, both shows, do that, quite frankly. And I wonder if part of it comes down to these television deals as well. You've got Fox and you've got the USA Network who have both paid big money for two distinct products. And I reckon if WWE is, is sort of half-cocked going at a brand split to just, just when really they don't want to. Yeah, because you tell me, if, you, if you're USA Network and you've paid the billions of dollars, 
and the biggest draw WWE's got Roman Reigns. Are you not, are they and they're saying to him, ah, he can't come on your show because actually he likes the blue team better. Are USA going to be all right with that? And they're going, he'll bloody come on the red team. He'll do as he's told or we'll pull our seven billion or whatever it is. Well, this is why we had that, those two dueling Hell in a Cell matches, didn't we? We had the one on SmackDown and the one on Raw for no reason whatsoever not so long ago. Uh, so I don't quite understand that. Seth Cody, we're getting it again. They're going to run it back at WrestleMania Backlash. I don't think anyone's going to have any complaints about that. And Cody and the Miz, interesting little segment uh, on Miz TV. Yeah, liked it a lot. I, I'm happy with this. The storyline is that Cody is going to build himself up to challenge for the Universal Global and the Best in the World Championship. <laughs> um, I'll watch. I'll watch Rollins Cody again happily. I like. I like the storytelling of. Of course, Cody had an advantage because imagine if I was playing a game of rugby and I didn't know who we were playing, but they knew they were playing us. They could do all the analysis in the world, and we can't do a single bit. Of course, you're going to be on the back foot. It, it, I like when we treat wrestling like a sport. I enjoy that. So it makes sense to get a rematch. Cody has to win. Cody yeah. has to win. Let's not do 50-50 booking with this. Go in on Cody. Cody has to win this one as well. You say you like it like sport. Let's be honest with each other. You would love a mystery match every now and then. If they did it with all the WWE pomp and circumstances, if you could cut promo saying, who are we facing on the last day of the championship season? If you could sort of dance around like Seth, pyro, fireworks, lights dropping as the team was on the pitch, don't pretend you wouldn't be all in on that. The lights go down and suddenly a spotlight comes and the pirates come running out the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, I can see it. I you would love it. that. You would I love see that. It. Um, some people were saying that this is defining down Cody Rhodes, putting him in a TV match with The Miz uh, and, and having him work with The Miz on Monday Night Raw. I I don't see that. you got The Miz is the face of WWE to, to a degree and a great talker. If you if you don't understand, give all you want about the Miz. And he was a TV, he was a reality TV star, and all this. And he, yeah, he wasn't good at the start, and maybe he was pushed to a WWE champion, WWE championship, etc. If you don't see now that he is one of WWE's biggest stars, one of their most trusted employees, and being put with him is a rub, then you don't you don't get it. I'm afraid he isn't Mike Mazanian from 2007, 2008 anymore. He's as he likes to tell us, the only ever two time Grand Slam champion. He made the Intercontinental Championship relevant again in 2016. He can go in the ring. He's one of the best talkers on the planet. This is not a step down. Yes, it's not facing Kenny Omega like he was in AEW. It's different to that. Of course it is. But that's not WWE treating him poorly at all. Miss TV and Miss TV segment's a big, a big thing in WWE. And yeah, it's not a step down, I would say, at all. There is no better time to be a wrestling fan, so do not be shy with your fandom. Tell others about it and support Earning the Push along the way. There are three simple things you can do right now to help that happen. One, rate and review us wherever you're listening today. Two, hit the subscribe button so you never miss episodes. And three, tell other people about what we do here. Share the love on social media, get involved in the fantasy booking, and generally make Earning the Push part of your wrestling life. And now, back to the show. Let's talk a little bit about AEW. We had Dynamite last night, Joe versus Suzuki, Samoa Joe coming out uh, on top to win the ROH television titles. Uh, CM Punk took on Penta in a match I don't think any of us saw coming that they opened the show with. The World Tag Team titles remain on Jurassic Express after they beat Red Dragon. Tony Khan throwing everything at the wall. Um, it's been a big week for AEW. Before we get on to Dynamite, can we talk a little bit about Wheeler Utah versus John Moxley. Wheeler bled and bled 
and bled some more. A star-making turn on AEW Rampage. Oh, he bled a lot, didn't he? Mm. There was lots of blood off Wheeler Utah. There's a picture I saw somewhere of it literally just pouring out of his head. And you're like, oh, God, rest- wrestling isn't real. Um, yeah, huge star-making turn. Is he part of... Uh, combat club now then are we, are we are we assuming he got the handshake is he in he, is he in the, in the door he's in the door he's with them he's wearing the t-shirt and and that's sort of look let's do the positive before we get onto that it's very hard to make stars probably wheeler utah maybe four or five weeks ago was someone neither you nor i was was particularly a aware of or b enthused about in his program with Regal, Danielson, and Moxley, he has been made a star. I now care about Wheeler Utah. That's great booking. That's great Brilliant. booking. Brilliant. And they will make the storyline uh, points of, oh, how much he'll learn from these guys. In, in real life, how much will he learn from these three? Like, imagine going, okay, we're going to stick with three, three of the best of their generation. You're a young kid. Just go and learn from them. That... It will improve him, no doubt, in and out of the ring. It'll be incredible for him. And my favourite moment, and I know I like a bit more gore than you do, was when he took his hand, run it across his forehead, and wrote BCC on his chest in his own blood and nodded at Regal. So he, he, he is in, and I guess that's sort of my problem. Is It's maybe just a little bit too quick. It's maybe more storyline you could have drawn from this who are they going to... Re- recruit to, to the Blackpool Combat Cup. There, there, there was just, for me, a bit more road to run before they brought him in. Yeah, potentially they could have played it out a little bit longer of it, that somehow bleeding like that didn't earn the respect. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you would have done that after they had the match they had. Um, I think to do that would have had to have a less brutal match. Yeah. Uh, but once they had that match, it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, may, there maybe could have been a few weeks. I've, I've got no issue with it. I like it, I think. I quite like that it was one match because that was all it took because he took an absolute beating and carried on coming. So I'm really excited what they do with him. And like you say, four weeks ago, I couldn't have told you who Wheeler Utah was. I would have said, what a stupid name. Now, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's see what Wheeler Utah can do because if Regal, Mox and Danielson are happy to sign off on him, then I'm, I'm happy to give him a chance. Yeah, and, and look, it's, it's one of those examples of AEW being very, very good at elevating talent that, that we haven't... AEW almost has this recipe. Established star, younger star, let's smash them together, let's see where we go. Jericho, Adam Page, right at the start. Um, Regal and, and Danielson and Mox and Wheeler Utah, Sting and Tarby, they know, and maybe it's something WWE doesn't do as well, they know how to take an established star and go, yep, this is what we're going to do to make you even bigger. Yeah, it, it, it's good, isn't it? Um, on one of their other rising stars... Mm. I don't know what I think of, and I don't really understand what Hook and Danhausen are doing. I'm just going to hang up now. <laughs> is it is it your favourite? Are you it, loving it? Because I'm interested in what you think, because I know Hook is your favourite. I don't know much about Danhausen. He's come onto my radar out of, out of my blind patch. I don't know if I love it or I hate it, because if you're building this star to be an absolute ass-kicker and no-nonsense like he is... Is it right to put him with the comedy guy? I, I, I genuinely don't know what I think, and I definitely don't understand it. I don't understand it. I quite like it in a way to have that sort of quirkiness alongside him. It's 
a minute out of my TV schedule um, and it doesn't really bother me. Hook is coming to, as we know, Dynamite next week. It'll be interesting to see, because what they're doing with Hook is they're sort of doing a few different things. They've got Tony Nese, who they're sort of previewing. Maybe there's a few there. They've got this Dan Housen comedy stuff. I, I don't know, but I like it keeps him on my TV screen. I like it sort of keeps him relevant. They do need to do better at building someone like Dan Housen because there is a lot of assumed knowledge in AEW. And you can see why when someone like Dan Housen gets a huge pop when he debuts, you can see why they go, everyone knows who he is. I think yeah. one of the reasons that AEW's ratings and what do I know, although I do know a little bit about growing ratings in certain broadcasting areas, you have to tell people again and again what's going on. And I don't think AEW necessarily does a good enough job of explaining, here's who's new, here's why he's here, here's why you should care. Big question is, though, Mm. What are Hook's first words going to be? Keep teasing it. Don't have him talk. I have a picture of Hook's voice in my head. I don't want to hear him speak. You, like, how do you think he sounds? I just imagine with Taz's voice. <laughs> I, I don't think you ever have him... Not ever. I don't think you have him talk for a little while. I just think but you when have... You, when you do, do it better than Kane. You have one of those throat don't things. Don't have the voice... Oh. No, that's not what we My want. My name is Hook. Um, so look, we're going to get Hook. Here's here's another issue, and actually, we're talking a lot about issues. It was a good dynamite last night. Lots mm. of good bell to bell action. Should or should not your world heavyweight champion be at the centre of your television show? Shouldn't that be what matters? I, I I think so. Yes. So why on last week's show, when we listened to it back, were we not talking in any detail? about a Texas death match between Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. And why, this week on Dynamite, did we get one promo package and a few little teases and announcements for your world title match in a Texas death match? What, what am I missing? Why is that not front and centre? Yeah, to be honest, I'd forgotten it was happening. And right? Is it next week it's happening this or the week after? Friday, Charlie. This drops on Friday morning. Oh, it's on Rampage, is it? Well, look, we are two more than educated wrestling fans, and here you are saying it has passed me by when it's happening and when it's going to be. As this drops on Friday morning, it's Friday night that it will be happening. And yeah. isn't that an indictment of the booking of it, that you're hazy on it? Yeah, no, that's very true. And also, I love that I, all I remember from the build to it is, we're in Texas, so let's have a Texas death match. Oh, they love chucking them out to AEW. Now, this feud's at a point where it actually could do it because... It's quite personal between Cole and Page. It's been going a while and all that. But yeah, why 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 are we not chatting about it? Why is that not being forced down our throats? It is like going into Mania, you knew that Roman and Brock were having a match, didn't you? Yeah. It's that it's that old school essay thing. I don't know if you were told this at school. Tell them, tell them what you've told them, tell them again. That that constant repetition so people care. And look, uh, uh, this time last year, if I'd said to you, Charlie, Hangman Adam Page is the AEW champion. Adam Cole is coming in to fight him, and it's a Texas death match. You would be... I'd have to peel you off the walls. Now, it is an irrelevance, and that is a bad position to be in. Yeah, it, it, it is not good. And whether they like it or not, AEW, Rampage is their B-show. It is not held in the same esteem as Dynamite. And it just seems a weird place to have it. And do you think that... Do, can you see them doing the title change on Rampage? Are they trying to make Rampage more must see? Is this how they're going to do it? They're going to if you don't if you don't tune to Rampage on Friday and you tune to Dynamite next Wednesday and you see Adam Cole walk out with the title, 
Does that make you go, oh, God, I've got to watch Rampage now? Is that what they're going to do? I, I think two things. I think, yes, they are trying to make Rampage, Rampage must-see. Yes, I think that's happening. But I don't think that, that changing the title will define Rampage up. I think it defines the title down. And I think the whole feud has defined the title down. Because, really, we had the match at Revolution. We had Adam Cole sort of say, I want another match. They nicked the belts. They got the belts back. Then Hangman Adam Page comes out and goes, let's have a death match. And Cole goes, yeah, all right. And that sort of is the potted history of how we've got here. And that is a bizarre old build. I'll never get over nicking the belts. It never, it'll always just be weird to me whenever anyone does that. It's a weird wrestling thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's not been... It's not been an all-time feud, has it? It hasn't, and it should have been, which is a shame. Lots of stuff worth watching, though, on on Dynamite. I still love, I think it's my favourite thing in every show, how is Wardlow going to make himself known? It's just, MJF is gold, Wardlow is amazing, and and I love it. It's it's really a unique way of building anticipation. How is he going to crash the MJF uh, ring uh, match? You know, I love it. I think it's great. And, oh, when he gets his hands on him. He's going to kill him, isn't he? He's going to kill him. I actually think as well, it's a fascinating story. It's not something we've seen before. Of Wardlow's not signed in storyline to AEW. He has a contract with MJF. Mm. And that is fascinating how that plays out. It's it's really, really interesting. It's again, MJF is the best thing in AEW. He's he just he doesn't miss, does he? He doesn't miss. He's outstanding. And just one more thing, as as and it feels probably as we talk about it, the dynamite was more problematic than it was. If you're going to have an overrun, if you're going to end with Samoa Joe beating Suzuki for the ROH TV title, you need to debut someone big at the end if you're going to go with a debut. Well, he's big. Well, he is big. Who is Satnam Singh and why should I care? Why? And this is, this is, this is, not, this is not a particularly kind thing to say, but from the little bit I've seen of Satnam Singh, he looks like... The great Carly from Poundland. He looks like the not so great Carly. Yeah, he looks like huge giant who doesn't look the most athletic. And they must have thought that those comparisons may come just because he doesn't look like he should be in there. You look at he's he's a yeah, and I I hope he proves us so wrong. Me too. I hope Me he's too. brilliant, but he is a giant. He is Asian. And he doesn't move particularly well so far from what we've seen. How are we not going to compare him to the great Carly? Whether rightly or wrongly, as wrestling fans, how are we not going to make those comparisons? And his moveset. At the end, Dynamite went off the air with Samoa Joe with his head in a vice, a hand vice-like grip that was Carly-esque. And, and again, if you, why can't you just let that moment breathe? Why? Because we've got- just seen Joe versus Suzuki. Like, hang on now, we've just seen Joe versus Suzuki and we've seen Samoa Joe win a Ring of Honor title again. That's a moment to end your show on. That, that's a huge moment. Also, Jay Lethal's there. I love Jay Lethal. That's brilliant. But no one's talking about Jay Lethal because of Satnam. And also, when we talk about story, Samoa Joe has been back for two weeks in AEW. Jay Lethal has been spotlighted in this position, really, for a similar amount of time. Why is Joe being used to get over another guy who the audience didn't know? We don't know. Tony Schiavone on commentary was the only one who sort of went, oh, oh, okay, that's Satnam Singh. He's the basketball player who's been training. It's 
it stretches credibility that Samoa Joe can go through that match with Suzuki and even in the depleted state afterwards, go down to that move. It just didn't look good. The other issue they're going to have is he's going to be compared to Omos, whose build has been outstanding on WWE. They built him slowly. They'll beat him the right way. These guys who come in green and they're giants, it makes sense to have them as a bodyguard for someone like, like Omos was AJ. That and while they're training, but they've thrust him straight in as a wrestler. I just, I don't think huge guys who can't move or go that well are the attraction they used to be anymore. I, especially not in AEW, which is built on work rate and the smaller guys. And and look, uh, this guy deserves his chance, and and I would never take anyone's opportunity away from them. But you have to do him a favor. And I suspect had Satnam Singh debuted forty minutes in and performed the same move set on. Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy, it would feel a lot more palatable and intriguing. To do it on Joe in the main event was just a bit of a mistake. But look, there was lots of good stuff in AEW. Joe Suzuki, go and see it. It's hard hitting. The tag team title match was great. Punk versus Penta was great. If it didn't pass you by, there's a world title match on, on, on Friday. And then on Saturday, Battle of the Belts 2, where the Ring of Honor World Championship is being defended. The AEW Women's Championship as well is being defended, amongst other things. Uh, the TNT title up for grabs as well. Um, can we talk very quickly about FTR as baby faces? I'm enjoying this. Yes, it's different, isn't it? Mm. Not anything I thought I'd ever get, but they're doing a good job. Uh, it, is, it is enjoyable. They're just very good at what they do. They're very good professional wrestlers, aren't they? In and out the ring. They just get it. The FTR boys, they just get it. Uh, not the most enjoyable thing in tag team wrestling this week, though. Go on. What was? Montez Ford. <laughs> Go on. That flip to the outside where he clears out the Usos and then lands on his feet in front of Riddle and Orton was just incredible. And I'm going to say it really quietly. He has the best frog splash in wrestling history. No, he doesn't. No, I think he does. No, I think he, he doesn't. Does. It, I think he does. It's too froggy for me. His frog. It's, it's called a frog splash. It's too froggy. The, oh, his limbs you like, are. Is that, you like you like horn swoggles, don't you? You like the tadpole splash. <laughs> I do like the because ta- that's my level of athleticism. Where you just sort of <laughs> fall on them. Nah, okay, right. If if we're doing this, let's do it. Eddie Guerrero, number one. Rob Van Dam sort of number two, because Rob Van Dam's frog splash, he would land on them, roly-poly away, holding his own torso, which you would do if you frog splash someone. Um, maybe Shane McMahon has the third best frog splash. <laughs> Montez Ford gets so high. I, 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 Does he now? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but that feat of athleticism where he's cleared out uh, the Usos and landed in front of Riddle and Orton. And you can see how impressed Riddle and Orton genuinely are as he does it. It's very good. I enjoyed that a lot. They do have underrated athleticism, that pairing, and I think they're excellent. I think they're bound for bigger things. Let's talk about two of your favourites very quickly before we get on to earning the push and back to developmental. Uh, Champa up on the main roster with the minimum of fanfare backstage at a segment, but he's there. For him, a moment Forget that weird time. Well, I was listening to Johnny Gargano on Rene Paquette's podcast, and they were talking about that weird when Gargano, Ricochet, Alistair Black, and, and Champa got called up for two weeks, then went back. Ignore that. This is his proper raw moment. Yeah, this is huge. This is a guy who started his WWE career as uh, what was it, a lawyer in an Undertaker segment or something, <laughs> and then was middling about doing nothing NXT, and along with Gargano, made themselves NXT. They are the heartbeat. They are. A huge moment for him. 
And I hope they treat him like the star he is on the main roster. I hope they don't chuck him into obscurity. Uh, I don't know where you fit him at the moment, but I hope it's somewhere good. You've got so much talent there, and you could plug him in with Cody and have have some fun there. Cody's pyro budget, by the way, seems to have been negotiated into his deal with... He must have had Vince over a barrel. and He's convinced, I want the theme, I want the name, I want... I don't want to be Stardust again, and I want all the pyro you can get. He had the pyro for the entrance for Ms. TV, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, so much pyro. Just give give Cody all the pyro. Yeah, and I liked hearing Jerry the King Lawler back on commentary. I know it's only for a couple of weeks when uh, Corey Graves is on his honeymoon, but I, I enjoy King on commentary. I enjoy King until he starts talking about the women, and then it's a bit... Oh, King. So keep him on the men's matches. Yeah, times have changed just a touch. Now, you mentioned Champa being a lawyer in an Undertaker segment. If this is true, I think this is going to be remarkable because there are loads of wrestling podcasts out at the moment. We are one of them. William Regal has a podcast, uh, which, if it hasn't already started, is coming very soon. And the rumor and suggestion is The Undertaker <coughs> may be hosting a podcast for WWE. <laughs> things you did not think you'd hear ever. <laughs> the Undertaker is hosting a podcast. Um, right, well, I'll obviously listen to it. That could be fascinating. I just, he's a very good guest. What's he going to be like as a host? Well, you know what? We thought that about Stone Cold, didn't we? True, We thought true. that about Stone Cold. And, and God, I mean, I would listen to him. But can you imagine him doing the ads that you get on quite a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I'm the dead man. And when your man is dead, use Bluetooth to help. You know, you know, oh, amazing. It's going to be I very need, strange. That's going to be so good. Uh, look, so it's been a busy week. Uh, we said we'd do some fancy booking from now going on. I, oh, oh I've got one. I've oh, got one. Oh, go on. I've got one. Go on. I haven't told you this. I thought I surprised you on air. <laughs> I would like to know how you, everyone, how I would book Cody's rise to the WWE Championship because that looks like where we're going. So how would you do it? Excellent. It's better than my one. It's better than my one I had written down. So the rise of Cody Rhodes to the WWE Championship. Do you have a time span or can people go for No, you can you can go you could put the title on him next week if you wanted. You could wait till next May, you could wait 5 years. Up to you how you do it. But that is the story they're telling. How would you do it? Excellent. Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter for that. Jack underscore Murley as well. We'll start fancy booking uh, how you get the title on Cody Rhodes and complete uh, the odyssey of the American nightmare avenging his father's inability to win the WWE Championship. We'll kick off with that next week. But let's do everyone's favourite part of the show, earning the push and back to developmental. Something from everyday life you would love to see more of we give a push to. Something that you would like to see less of goes back to developmental. First or second? I'll go first this week because mine aren't particularly entertaining. They're just very... Uh, not that mine are ever entertaining. It's not really claiming that I usually am. Oh, wait, so you um, downsold it and then you went even lower. <laughs> you went, yes, I'm really underselling myself. This isn't myself. worth listening to and it yes. never is, says no. Charlie Beckett. Um, earning the push are the Cheltenham Tigers women's team that I coach. Yes, round of had... applause for them. Hey, Amazing. They, they won their... Champ they're in the championship, the level below the premiership in women's rugby. It's the second level of English women's rugby. Won, uh, won the North Division, won the North Division, played Old Albanians, who were second in the South Division, the semi-final at the weekend, in one of the most bonkers games of rugby I've ever seen. We were sitting pretty at 14-0 up at 37 minutes gone, and then we got a red card, and it all hell broke loose. It was 14-7 at halftime, we had to play the rest of the game with 14 players. There was then six yellow cards in the second half as well, which was crazy. 
with five minutes to go, we were 12 points down. Obviously, in rugby, you get five points for a try, two points for conversions. We needed two converted tries in five minutes to win. We won with a conversion with the last kick of the game. So one of our girls, Marianne, she had to kick the winning goal with the last kick, and she did it. So the girls won 38-36, and we go to the final on the 1st of May against Thurrock. But they were outstanding to come back under such tough, tough circumstances. I can't imagine the pressure of that last kick. I know that's why you as an athlete, the women you coach as athletes, why you do it and I don't. But that pressure of knowing that kick, it, it's all or nothing. I mean, talk about nerve and bottle, right? Yeah, she was incredible. They all were. So that that is my earning the push. My back to developmental, as the weather starts to get nice and people are out and about more, is litter. Oh, okay. It's just litter, especially now as a man who has a dog who wants to eat all the litter people are leaving <laughs> out. Uh, just don't do it, guys. Like, it's just rub- quite literally rubbish. Like, there's plenty of bins about, and if there's not a bin, put it in your pocket and then go and put it in the bin later. Like, we all like going to the park or the beach, a nice space that we like to have. Like, I had a walk at the beach this morning because uh, I'm back home at the moment up north, and it was beautiful. Just don't drop your litter around. Like, it's it's just rubbish. So just be better than that, please, as the weather's getting nice. Just put it in the bin. I, I have another... This isn't mine. I'm going to give myself two because I can. Um, But on that, as the weather's getting nicer... Men, there is no reason to have your shirts off in the middle of a high street in, let's say, between April and September. You may be the most ripped man on God's green earth. You do not need it to never, be doing it. It never is, though. It's it never, never is. the ripped ones. It, it never, never is. is. Just don't do it. It's all, it's all, and look, God love you. People come in all shapes, sizes. I do not care, but you do not need to have your shirt off walking into a Greg's where they're only going to say, Can you put your shirt on, please, mate? And you cause a scene. Once you get off the beach or out of the park, put your t-shirt on. Absolutely, a nice, a nice linen top. Exceptions are if you're on, if you're on holiday in Greece or somewhere like that. What about? Uh, hang on. What if Finn Balor was around? Nope. Nope. You're not letting. If Finn walks down the high street in Cornwall, you're with his top off. You're going to go over and tell him to put it on, are you? Because Finn will be doing that unique <coughs> wrestler thing, and I would love to know who the first wrestler was who thought. Trunks and a leather jacket? This'll work. So <laughs> I muted that as you said that to cough. And then it made me choke as I was coughing. <laughs> who is comments. who is the first wrestler that's looking at themselves in a mirror with the trunks going, I wonder. I've got this oh hello. Because every wrestler now, it's 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 and if you right, if we met up and you came into the pub and you were wearing speedos and a leather jacket, people would think you lost the plot. Wrestling, you go, there's a cool guy. There's a cool guy. Uh, so anyway, look, that isn't my back to developmental. Uh, minor link today. Earning the push. Okay. okay. A good public swimming pool. Nothing okay. better. The good public swimming pool. I like swimming. Go and get your lanes in. It's great. If you get a quiet lane at the right time. They're brilliant, and and frankly, they're a dying institution. So a word for all the public swimming pools out there that aren't behind a national conglomerate gym's paywall where you can pay a fiver, which I know is still a lot in the times we're living in, but it's more affordable than some places. Do you prefer an indoor or an outdoor? Indoor. My preference is sea swimming, if I can, because that's more fun. But a good public swimming pool with a nice quiet lane earns a push. We have a lovely one in Cheltenham. It's an outside one, but it's heated. Oh, that's the a dream. heated outdoor one, and and it, everyone calls it the Lido. 
It's not yes. the pool. It's the Lido in Going Cheltenham. to the Lido. Going to the Lido. I didn't know what a Lido was till I moved to Cheltenham Spa. <laughs> now I do. I'm back up home at Liverpool at the moment. We don't have a Lido around here. You saw that middle we class have, ceiling. We have, we, have, and you... we have the baths. You go to the baths here. Go into the baths, Duck. That's not you go, Liverpool. You go, that's not Liverpool. <laughs> uh, you go down the baths here. Crosby Baths. Um, but no, yeah, we have a lovely Lido. Do you want to know the only time I've been the Lido in Cheltenham? Here's a story I wasn't expecting to tell today. Go for it. Uh, it was on an end of season social with Gloucester Rugby. And we were going around Cheltenham and we had challenges to do and we were dressed in camouflage because no one could see us. <laughs> uh, and we were all rather intoxicated. And one of the challenges on a... It was it was a Sunday afternoon in May in Cheltenham. Oh, my days. One of the challenges was do a length of the Lido. So we managed to wangle our ways into the Lido somehow. I'm fully dressed in my camo. It was my job. Who I can barely swim. I can barely swim. My only time the Lido, which is 50 metres was doing a length of it. It took me about eight minutes without exaggeration because you had to video it and put it in the WhatsApp group and the video took three days to get in there. Um, Wait, were you that... you weren't part of a group doing that? It was... Yes, yeah, there was a group, but we were in separate groups. You were split off into like 10 teams of five to go and do it. Uh, and that's my only experience in the Lido in Charlton. People were there having their nice Sunday family swim and I was jumping in in camouflage. I bet, I bet your picture's behind the reception desk now. Although you're in camouflage, so how would they know? Exactly. They'd be like, why is who's this? There's a floating head. Which links back to my back to developmental is bad swimming lane etiquette. There is nothing... <laughs> I, think, I think that was me. You would be in it. There is nothing worse than bad swimming lane etiquette. By which I mean, if you are too slow, move across to a slower lane. I've had to do it. Someone fast behind you. Move to the slower lane. Do not chase up and down behind slower people, splashing them, trying to make them move. Do not tap them on the foot to get them out the way. Do not do what someone once did to me, hand to God, which is as I pushed off the wall, grab my leg and pull me back and say, and I quote, you're a bit wonky, son. These are all examples of bad... Oh, I'd be throwing hands. In my head. Throwing hands in the pool. In my head... I smashed him. What I actually did was go, oh, right, sorry, thank you, and move to another lane because I hate confrontation. There are ways to be in a public pool, and the nicest way to be is to be nice. If someone is slower, go a bit slower, move to a different lane, wait till they get to the other end and ask if you can go past. We're all in this big, wide world together. Be nice in the swimming pool. This is a whole world I didn't know existed. Oh, this is amazing. Let, um, do you want to hear my worst story in a swimming pool? It's not being drunk and swimming in it. Wait, that wasn't it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I can top it. <laughs> I was in New Zealand for a summer playing rugby. Mm-hmm. And we went down to the uh, the gym was a, a leisure centre. So we go to the gym with some lads. Then we'd go and get in the pool and mess about because we're 17-year-old lads. That's what you do. Yeah. And there was a uh, rapid sort of lazy pool bit. And I was in there and we were messing about and I was holding Dugan, one of the lads under the water. Ah, funny, funny, holding Dugan under. I looked over, I saw some lads over there. I was like, ah, oh, I've got Dugan. And I looked over there and Dugan was over there. And I went, who, who, who have I got then? And up I pulled a child who I did not know, who I had been holding under the water for the last 15, 20 seconds. And I just pulled him up and I looked at him and I said, I'm so sorry. And I dropped him and I ran off to where the lads were standing. And I said, we need to leave now. And they said, why? I said, I just almost drowned a child. We need to leave. Right. Two things spring to mind. How big is Dugan that you could confuse him with a child? And, <laughs> Good point. And secondly, 
What is going through this child's mind who's having a lovely day at the swimming baths and suddenly this hulk of a rugby player who he's never met just dunks his head up? I mean, he will be traumatised, Charlie. He will be traumatised. If, if by any chance, young man, you are listening, if you for some reason stumbled across this podcast, I am so sorry. I think before we get any more of your pool based shenanigans, uh, we need to begin to bring this one to a close. Uh, final question: Tony Khan promised a big announcement on Dynamite. Another next one? Week. Oh, I missed that. Another big announcement. If that big announcement is a WWE show for AEW this a year, a WWE show for AEW that would be interesting. That would be if big. they manage that, that would be something. If Try it's again. An, if it's an AEW show in the UK this year. And you have money in your pocket for one and one alone. Are you going for Cardiff or are you going for AEW? Oh, that's a hard question. And AEW is also on a Saturday, I'm guessing. Well, it's more that times are tight. Your bank balance is pushed. You can only do one. They're both premium live slash pay-per-view events. I'd still go to AEW. Would you? I would, but my only... The only thing was... The wrestling product is going to be better at AEW. I just, I think they'll do Craven Cottage. The atmosphere will not be as good as Millennium Stadium. That's the only thing that would take me to Millennium. Principality is the atmosphere. But I'm going to a wrestling show for the wrestling. I'd go to AEW. How lucky we are. I also just want to shout, Adam Cole, baby. I need to get a crowd that does that before I die. Well, we're lucky we live in a world where both these things are possibilities. They could be happening. It's why wrestling is brilliant. It's why more... Which one would you go to? Sorry, you're not getting, you're not getting out of this. Which one would you go to? Do you know what? I would have thought it would be a simple AEW. I would have thought. I'm really hyped about the atmosphere in Cardiff, but I know if I went to I know if I went to the one in Cardiff, I would envy the one that AEW was running. And if I went to the AEW one, I could probably live with missing whatever happened yeah. in Cardiff. But it's a stinker of a question. It may happen. Look, it's high time we wrap this one up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. Share a bit of love on social media. It makes a world of difference. Next week, we'll start fantasy booking Cody Rhodes' rise to the WWE Championship. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley for that. Thank you for joining us on Earning the Push, and see you again soon. Bye-bye.